Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. You can stick it to the man and big tech. Join our FTL social mastodon at social.freetalklive.com. inspired by the events of COVID, very specifically the whole masky business uh, that was going around where people were, I mean, really just chastising other people for, you know, not not doing what they thought they should do. You're not worrying about, oh my God, you're going to get, you're going to kill grandma. You're making me uncertain of my choices. Yeah. So I have something today that I think is a win for free speech that I want to talk about. But before we do that, it is Free Talk Live. It's the Saturday night edition in the studio. It's myself, the captain. And Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us remotely? Mark Edge from Honduras. Hey, there you are. We got you now, brother. Here I are. There, there you be. There you are. If you weren't there, you'd be somewhere else. Indeed. <laughs> be somewhere else in just a moment, if you'd like. <laughs> no, no, no. Stay, don't go anywhere. Stay right where you are. I can stretch the arm on this mic at least two feet. Okay. Uh, the telephone number, because we are a live call-in radio talk program, is 603-283-6160. Again, 603-283-6160. Um, we'll just kick things off. This from zerohedge.com. We've talked about this on a previous edition of Free Talk Live. I'm not exactly sure when. It's been some time, but here we go. Mask-wearing German judge acquits C.J. Hopkins in, quote, 
Nazi-promoting tweets, unquote, case. Six months after renowned American author and satirist C.J. Hopkins was first charged, found guilty, and sentenced for daring to dissent against the state's increasing authoritarianism by tweeting an image of a mask with a swastika image shining through, he finally had his day in German court. So uh, the man made a tweet during this whole masky business. Uh, It was an image of one of these cloth medical masks. You're familiar with them. You saw them. Uh, And he just had like a like a vague image of a swastika, like, you know, trying to poke through the colors or whatever, that kind of a thing. Apparently in Germany, this is a no-no. Oh, yeah. Because of, well, you know, the Nazis. Yeah, you you are not allowed to own a swastika in that country. They will put you in jail for that. So he he finally went to court, and in his own words, it went pretty well. Which is, you know, not usually the case when somebody goes to court facing, you know, some sort of attack by right. government. When yeah, you, you go to court being accused, literally being accused of being a Nazi, expect it to go poorly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we followed this grotesque legal drama closely over the months as Hopkins exposed thought crimes as the road to totalitarianism. He discussed the continued criminalization of dissent. And he has warned Americans that the First Amendment won't save you. Quote, I do not mean to imply that fighting this global crackdown on dissent in the courts is futile. On the contrary, it's one of the only strategies we have. And I will certainly be doing that vigorously here in Germany. I'm just trying to dissuade my fellow Americans from feeling immune or even superior on the account of the U.S. First Amendment and misconceptions about Germany and Europe. And fight he did with, ironically, a mask-wearing judge (laughs) who begrudgingly acquitted him this week of the charge of, quote, disseminating the emblems of a national socialist organization, unquote. I am shocked. (laughs) And whatever the opposite of appalled is. (laughs) I'm just glad they said national socialist. You know, I appreciate that, too. As opposed to, like, regional socialist <laughs> well, or global socialist? Well, I mean, no well, one realizes that's what the Nazis literally were. They were the National yeah. Socialist German Workers' Party. Yep. It was socialism. It was always socialism. So every time someone feeds you a line of nonsense like, oh, well, on the far left, there's socialism and communism, but on the far right, there's fascism. No, no. Fascism is socialism. Always has been. The only difference is that communism espouses global socialism and fascism espouses national socialism. So with national socialism, your nation becomes socialist and then takes over the world. Whereas with communism, all of the nations become one socialist conglomerate. Hmm. I see. I used to have a coin that I carried in my pocket and it was a a five mark coin and it basically on it says something to the effect of um, uh from each to one basically you know the 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 kind of uh, captain kirk mr spock thing uh, from the many to the one or whatever they're, right. they're saying no, no that was that was the needs of the many outweigh the, the yeah. uh, needs, needs of the, few, of the right. few or the one whereas yeah. from the many to the one sounds like uh, our economic system yes and uh, basically i um 
I would carry this around to show that, in fact, the Nazis were socialists. You don't have I mean, all you have to do is know the name um, and you'd realize it. But uh, it basically carrying a coin with a swastika in my pocket just didn't go over as well as I thought it might. So. <laughs> what? You know, it's surprising <laughs> how poorly Nazi paraphernalia tracks with most people. You know, like just trying I to mean, show I them. I assume hey, it's surprising because because no. people do it. <laughs> how? I mean, how did you believe carrying around a coin in your pocket with a swastika on it was going to go? I believed that I was going to show people that are like, but but Hitler's a fascist and fascists are righties. I believe that I was going to show them. In fact, I have a, happen to have a coin that proves quite the opposite. But all they do is see a swastika and go from there. Mm, um, yeah. You know, frankly, to me, it's just more proof that your average person's an idiot. Well, yeah, I mean, and it took me did, some time post wake up to to like learn, right? Like in school, in public school, they're like, yeah, Nazis bad, and then you see movies and films or whatever. Like even the Marvel universe for that, uh, you know, Captain America fighting the Nazis, Nazis bad. Well, the Marvel universe can be forgiven. It was created by three Jews, um, you know. So I mean, of course, they've got that whole thing going. Right, but but, but most people when they see the swastika, they immediately think Nazis. They don't think. Hey, this symbol actually predates Nazis, and it meant something completely different up until the Nazis. Up until the Nazis sort of co-opted it in World War II or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they definitely don't think that. Well, and in this case, it doesn't mean that. It it means the Nazis, but (laughs) it it does mean that. (laughs) But again, like just because you have this thing, like no, 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 I have this to illustrate a point. People will not believe you. They will go, (laughs) "Oh, you actively carry around Nazi paraphernalia." I see what kind of a person you are. That's that's literally how it goes in their mind. Um, Rather than oh. This guy carries this around in order to show people that he, you know, he hears often enough that Nazis are righties and he's trying to show people. Nope. No, no, that's not what they think. So I like to listen to a lot of different sources for information and commentary. And what always astonishes me is that usually decent people on the left or on the right will say the exact same thing, except they will replace the word left with the word right, depending on which one they are, when they're talking about authoritarianism. That's pretty great. So, Yeah. yeah, they're such righties. If you're on the left, and they're so far to the left if you're on the right, when no, no, you mean authoritarians. Yes. But both, both sides don't lack for authoritarians over there. You know, I mean, they've got plenty of them. And so, you know, they're easy to point out for both sides. But the evil is in the opposite tribe and not in my tribe. Well, that's right. the divide and conquer strategy that uh, at least is working pretty darn well here mm-hmm. in the United States. Well, why do you think Klaus Schwab's voice shudders when he says the word libertarian? As people realize, wait a second, they're they're pitting us against each other because it's the same club ruling us on both sides. Like every time people realize that, they start to turn against the real masters. And that's the last thing that they want. I mean, any oppressive society cannot withstand the free flow of information and being made fun of. That's really their kryptonite. And and that's uh, like a lot of people are like, well, what? You want people to just be able to like sport swastikas? It's like, how am I supposed to make fun of them if they don't? I mean, this has been my bit about. You could wear a swastika in America and I almost never see one. Except in your pocket. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. (laughs) That's when I carried it. the The only time that I can remember seeing 
somebody sporting a swastika openly was uh, like uh, some bikers that I was partying with. One of the guys had like the swastika tattoo Mm. right somewhere on his arm. Uh, And then uh, there was another time when I was at like a punk rock show and some kid was wearing like the denim vest and had spray painted the swastika on the back of it. Right. And what do you think it means it meant to them? What what did it mean to you that they had it on? Well, okay, so the biker having the tattoo, I'm pretty sure, was just like him going like, Hey, I'm a white guy and uh this is my race and you know, I think it was definitely a racial uh a thing for, for the biker. Mm-hmm. For the punk rocker, I think he was just trying to be edgy. Uh, and, you know, get attention and that kind of a thing, uh, as evidenced by his jumping up on stage and from the stage, you know, doing a, a stage dive into the, we'll call it a mosh pit. I don't, you know, it wasn't really a, a mosh pit, but. I'm a little iffy on that second one, honestly. Yeah. Uh, Nazi punks are a very real thing and always have been. Like, to the point that I very much agree with the song uh, titled Nazi Punks F Off. <laughs> Because seriously, it's a big problem that, yes, we're anti-establishment, and there you are being kind of anti-establishment. You're just against this government. You want a different, worse government. Well, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, COVID uh, taught me that all of your favorite uh, anti-establishment musicians are all fake Mm. Uh, because uh, there was only one band, as near as I could tell, that was playing live, and that was me and Arya and Mushmouth Mike at uh, Pork and Fork uh, during well, you know, a 2020. Lot of, a lot of bands wanted to play. They just couldn't get a venue that, that, to that, let that, them do that, it. That's BS, because if you're an artist, you make your own venue. Like, I, I've done this, right? When you can't get booked on a Saturday night, maybe it's like a holiday or a something like that and it's you know tough to book or you're late to the train uh you find somebody's house right somebody's willing to throw a house party or a backyard party you bring your own pa and you make your own freaking venue these bands who are like oh we really want to play but we can't because the venues are closed are a bunch of freaking pussies who have no idea what it means to be independent to make your own way if you're an artist and you really believe in what you're doing if you really are anti-establishment that was your call that was your wake-up bell to be like hey man we need to do some unique things right the man has closed down the regular ass venues so we need to do what artists have done throughout history and make our own freaking venue because our art will not stop because of this crap instead they'll just wussed out because they're used to being plugged into a system with like tickets and pay to play and all sorts of other fun stuff that i don't really want to get into as far as being a, a musician is concerned but the fact of the matter is were they hindered by venues closing because of you know mandates and government decree sure was there nowhere they could play absolutely not there was plenty of places they could play in fact i'm sure some of the churches that held services in spite of these lockdowns would have welcomed them to set up their gear in their freaking parking lots and put on a show well, all the but they could have they could have sung hymns, <laughs> something, man. Like well, all the established anti-establishment types, pardon the phrase, were more held back by not wanting to upset their radio or their record labels. Yeah, if they were lucky enough to like have one, right? There's there's so many independent like the Misfits themselves. They're they're so independent. They're their own record label, right? They came up, they got you know on some and labels. Why didn't they had they some, play, you know. I, this I you Misfits. Know, Drop the ball. Again, right? You know, I'm looking at, 
I've listened to rebellious music for all my life. I'm drawn to that kind of crap, especially if it's rock and roll, heavy metal, hard rock, right? Like, the, this is my genre that I live in. And there's plenty of it. There's plenty of songs that are anti, right? Anti-establishment, anti-authoritarian, anti this, that, the other thing, right? There's plenty of it. And, like, during this whole COVID thing, everybody just became a giant pussy and was like, no, no, I get, well, I guess we can't play live. Like, all they did is, like, they, they, they hold up in their, you know, rehearsal spaces and decided, well, I guess we better write another album for when this is all over, right? That's what, that's what the majority of mm-hmm. these people did. It's like, we needed you. And we like, needed you, and you abandoned us. Yeah. Like, that is when you need music. Music is for emotion. And this was a time where people were depressed, so depressed that our suicide rate skyrocketed and hasn't fully recovered. And what we needed was an outlet. We needed a place to mosh. Yeah. Uh, And so uh, there were two artists that um, did, you know, sort of buck the system, if you will. Uh, Who's the guy that wrote? uh, uh, Oh, uh, uh, Van Morrison. Van Morrison. Yes, thank you. Uh, Van Morrison actually did a whole EP of sort of like anti-authoritarian, you know, COVID's got to stop type of songs. And then Eric Clapton joined and like actually co-wrote a song with him. Um, So those are the two notable exceptions, right? And as far as I can tell, the only two, right? Van Morrison, not rock or heavy metal. Eric Clapton, not rock or heavy metal. Not anymore, anyway. He's more like, I don't know, adult folk or something at this point <laughs> in, in his career. But, like, here are the two, like, sort of only rock stars standing up for everybody else's art. There was no theater, no plays, no orchestras, no jazz, no blues, no hip-hop, no DJs, no metal, no mosh pits, no punk rock. None of this. This was all shut down. There was no art was not allowed. And there were only two freaking musicians in the entire world, near as I could tell, right? Outside of, you know, me and Aria and, and Mushmouth Mike doing our thing at, at Porkfest. Yeah, I, I think they, they finally solved the argument whether or not punk is dead. Punk died in 2020. Like, at that point, there was no rebellious music, yeah. present company excluded. I mean, the music in and of itself is still rebellious in nature. Is it? Well, it is. When you listen to it, if it evokes the emotion, then yes. But it's the artists themselves who have shown me over the last, you know, however many years it's been now, three, four years, that they themselves are not rebellious. Their music might speak on on, on on the subject of rebellion, but the artists themselves, no, not rebels. Hot Topic can sell a shirt that says anti-Hot Topic. Is it really a, an anti-Hot Topic shirt at that point? Depends on how many they sell. <laughs> <laughs> if they sell zero, then it worked. <laughs> but seriously, like at, at this point, it's, it's proof that all of the people that we were kind of looking to uh, from the left to the right mm-hmm. to stand up against tyranny all dropped the ball. Uh, from from the musicians to the churches, they all abandoned us when we needed them most. One other artist, and, and yes, I do refer to stand-up comedy as art, uh, who I will mention as sort of, a, uh, you know, sort of stood up with Jim Brewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of doing stand-up comedy at, you know, the stand-up comedy clubs, because they were all closed, too. Mm-hmm. 
uh, he decided to take his show on the road, literally, and and played here in Keene at uh, the Drive-In Theater. It was the the, the county fairgrounds that uh, were made up to be uh, something resembling uh, a drive-in theater mm-hmm. of old, and he took that sort of around the country as much as he could because mm-hmm. he's like i don't know what else to do man right. i got no venues i can't book you know it's like these things are all outdoor and what they would do is they would like you know square off these little squares these little uh you know wranglings of humans right if you weren't in your pod then you were going to get a scolding by the by the security team there at the outdoor venue, like you had enough space to park one car and then one car's worth of space for you and whoever was in your car to like bust out some lawn chairs and enjoy the show. I remember there was a liberal uh, attorney in T- the Tampa Bay area on like Clearwater Beach walking up and down. This guy took the time to dress up like death with a big scythe and that kind of thing (laughs) and point his finger at the people on the beach. Like they were going to die They're They're spreading COVID. Now this isn't just some kook. This is an attorney who managed to make it through seven years of school and got a, you know, the, you know, got a rating by the bar, you know, he's, He's something. And there he is out there. We're all going to die. You're killing us all. Kooks. Yeah. So anyway, uh, going back to CJ and his trial in Germany, he says, I was acquitted technically. It isn't all over because the prosecutor has a week to appeal the decision. But given the circumstances, I doubt he will. He made a total fool of himself in front of a large audience yesterday. I love it when judges make fools of themselves Yeah, in front of large audiences. And prosecutors. Yeah. Uh, he says, I can't imagine that he will want to do that again. Uh, as Ava Velasquez reported in her reasons for the judgment, the judge stated that the acquittal counteracts your statements that you live here in a totalitarian state. So uh, he's saying, basically, uh, your your images that you posted claim that you live in a totalitarian state. Uh, the acquittal proves that you do not. Does it? Go. Does it, it really? Yeah. I mean, I I will grant that the opposite would have been true. If they had, in fact, put him in jail for putting a swastika behind his mask, that would be pretty good proof that he lives in a totalitarian state. Which is what they did. But but then they no, acquitted no, no. him. We're worse than that, they put him in jail for posting an image on Twitter yeah. of a mask with like a swastika attempting to show through on uh, the colors of the fabric. So, uh, yeah, yeah. sticky wicket, you know. 603-283-6160. Do you think you would be jailed for sporting a swastika? It's Free Talk Live. Give us a call. More Free Talk Live is coming up. No other network provides the level of customer service we do. When it comes to radio advertising, we are your one-stop shop. And no matter how big or small your business is, we can help. Email us at advertise at GCNlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. 
My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. USA News Update. A big payday for writer E. Jean Carroll, a jury in Manhattan, believing her claims filed against Donald Trump, and now he's been ordered to pay. John Schaefer with details. Former President Donald Trump must pay her more than $83 million. Last year, the jury found Trump accountable for allegations of sexually abusing Carroll in a department store dressing room during the 1990s. That was followed by defamatory statements against her. Now, in response to the jury's verdict, former President Trump taking to Truth Social and writing absolutely ridiculous explanation point. I fully disagree with both verdicts and will be appealing this whole Biden-directed witch hunt. Our legal system is out of control and being used as a political weapon. They have taken away all First Amendment rights. And then in capital letters he writes, this is not America, explanation point. Laura Winters, USA News. Life can be full of risks. One thing you shouldn't take a risk with ever is your family's health insurance. If you're self-employed or you now need affordable health insurance, you need to make this free call right now and see how the health insurance helpline can help you get it. We specialize in helping the self-employed and people just like you that need affordable health insurance to get it. We have short and long-term health insurance plans and some even cover dental, vision, and prescription drugs. Don't take a risk with your family family's health insurance, it's not worth it. If you're self-employed or now need affordable health insurance, call right now and learn for free how to get it. Listen, affordable health insurance plans for everyone just like you are a free phone call away. So give us a shout right now. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. 800-670-0946. That's 800-670-0946. Wellness and self-care doesn't have to be complicated. So keep it simple and take good care of yourself with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Our heating pads soothe pains in the neck, back, and shoulders while relaxing muscles and increasing blood circulation. Sunny Bay Heating Pads have always been made in the USA and hand-filled to perfection with the highest quality materials. Sunny Bay Heating Pads are the perfect wellness gift for loved ones or yourself. See all of our high-quality products at sunny-bay.com, including heated body pads, neck pillows, heated neck and body wraps, and our stress-reducing lavender line. They're all affordable, durable, and in stock now and ready for immediate shipping direct from sunny-bay.com. Read our trusted, authentic, and real reviews at sunny-bay.com or just search for Sunny Bay Heating Pad. To your good health and wellness from Sunny Bay. Appreciate what we do? Help us advertise, market, and promote for just $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in and listening to tonight's edition 
of Free Talk Live. If you're not familiar with the show, you can find out all about us over at freetalklive.com. In the studio tonight, it's myself, the Lord Reverend Dr. Captain Kickass. Joining me, Peakless Mountaineer. And joining us remotely from Honduras, Mark Edge. Uh, Before we go on, social.freetalklive.com is back online. We apologize for the delay, but you are now free to resume posting to our Mastodon server at social.freetalklive.com. Many folks were like, hey, what's going on? You know, hey, I can't get on the the Tusky using your server or whatever. Extended technicalties. Yeah, we basically had to fire up a a whole different server. So uh, that's done. Uh, It's its own independent thing now. Mastodon is free, open source, decentralized, and federated. Multiple Multiple apps are available for you on iOS, Android, Windows, Mac, Linux, etc., uh, visit social.freetalklive.com. If you're already on, uh, just go ahead and, and launch your app and uh, you know hit refresh if you have to, but everything should just be working now, uh, as I found out uh, myself whenever I was told it was back on, and I was asked to check, and I was like, yep, everything looks fine. So uh, back to normal. So there you have it, folks. All right. Um, before we talk more about this story about CJ and his acquittal, over in Germany, uh, under the guise of free speech. Let's go to some of your calls and thoughts. We've got Greg calling from New York. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, y'all. So uh, I wanted to first say a couple words about the rockers. You know, I was born in the 80s, so I didn't catch the whole rock and roll scene in the 60s and 70s, but I could tell you what I know about it. They were anti-establishment, they were counterculture, and here's what's interesting. There was a flu pandemic. Whoever was alive in the 60s probably remembers this. In 1968, which also originated in China, Mm -hmm. and uh, killed around 3 million people. Uh, Just for comparison, COVID has killed 7 million Mm -hmm. uh, to date, globally. So, in 1969, while this pandemic was still going on, the United States they had Woodstock. They had a lot of people just come out and never mind the drugs and all the other stuff that they were doing in counterculture. They all got together. Yeah. And at that time, the you know, the hippie movement and everything and the originating California and all this stuff going on. They and today all of these uh, lefties are no longer anti-establishment. Uh, they're very much in league with the establishment oh, yeah, a lot they of the time. Definitely are definitely the establishment. Yeah. And I want to point out too that what what was Woodstock, right? It was a farmer's field. Mm. They like they like found a farmer with some acreage and was like, Hey, can we put on a big old outdoor show? We'll bring in, you know, a PA, we'll bring in a stage, you know, we'll, you know, figure out parking for people, et cetera, and so on. And that's what they did because no one else was gonna host that thing. None of the existing venues. And I'd like to point out, if the hippies can get off their butts and do it, you can too. Right. (laughs) There was a pandemic. They were doing it in the middle of a pandemic. So that's one thing. It was a super spreader event. And um, and that's why it killed a third of the American population. Oh, oh, that didn't happen. Right. Yeah. No, we actually talked about it here on Free Talk Live. I remember I covered a story very specifically about... Hey, did you know that you know during Woodstock there was a pandemic and nobody was freaking out, nobody was masking, nobody was locking down, 
right? Uh, and so, yeah, you're spot on, Greg. Thank you. And I just wanted to ask you guys a question because of all this war going on. I can't even keep track of how many countries now are involved in wars, you know, as opposed to three years ago. But the one in Gaza, right? I was interested because I followed it. I was alive back then. I was looking at 2005. If you wanted a pure example of anarchy, it was Gaza. 2005, when the Israeli forces had withdrawn from Gaza, there was no one really there to, to, there's no monopoly of force. Let's put it that way. Everyone had guns. The tribes are called Hamulas. They, you know, it was very tribal, like Highland clans in Scotland or something like that. Mm -hmm. And compare that to what happened once they had an election, right? And then they got a monopoly of force because essentially Hamas took over. Uh, Fatah didn't like them, had a civil war of some sort, and then Hamas just took over the whole thing. Confiscated everyone's guns. And since then, they had no elections, pretty much. (laughs) At least not, you know, can't get Hamas out. And my question is, like, are they better off? They were just didn't have a monopoly of force, and they actually, what could have happened if they didn't have an election and just continued to have tribes? You know, what well, would have happened? And I'd, I'd, think, I'd uh, like I'd like to point out too that uh, Hamas could never have risen to power without the help of Israel and Benjamin Netanyahu in specific. Could not have happened. This happened in in part because these big players really wanted some big player here instead of those uh, instead of the diversified power they wanted a monopoly on the force. That's right, and the U.S. pushed them, Bush pushed them to have an election. Yep, and uh, everyone was like, "Yes, this is a great election." Jimmy Carter was like, "It was a perfect election, not meant much uh, corruption there." And the problem wasn't the election. <laughs> the problem was that they confiscated everyone's <laughs> guns, and no one could change that government anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what I love about Netanyahu? That, uh, you know, he's got Yahoo right in his name. <laughs> well, and and I'd like to point out that this is a, an inevitability with a democracy. So even if you have, like, an actual system of democracy where you, like, rotate people in Eventually, you'll get a leader that has enough power to stop you from voting him out. I mean, it is an inevitability if you are rotating through leadership that you will get a leader that stops the rotation. Yeah. So, Greg, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't mean to make you repeat. What, what was your question? Can you just reiterate that? Oh, <clears throat> my question was, since you guys are libertarians, right, uh-huh. and you guys... Prefer, presumably would prefer anarchy to state or to monopoly on force. But my question was, what do you think would have happened in Gaza had they not listened to Bush, never had an election, right, and continued to live in a tribal manner? Uh, do you, they would probably, in my opinion, they would probably never have had a blockade, and they probably would have just uh, welcomed uh, international... Uh, real estate developers and uh, and gotten hotels built or whatever, but um, because Oz decided to run, and they won, and then they took over the government, yeah. kind of like Nazis took over in that election, right, with, with the communists, the, the Reichstag fire, took over the whole thing, and since then, I think the people of Gaza have been uh, terrible, they're living under terrible conditions, um, so 
anyway, I guess my, my question was, what do you think would have happened in a fantasy scenario where they didn't select one with a monopoly, of course? Let's, yeah. let's start with uh, Mark. Yeah, I personally don't like the term anarchy. I prefer terms like polycentric law. Um, Voluntarism. That, you know, the voluntarism, right? Um, you know, these things extol the uh, the value of the individual and their opinion. Whereas democracy says, hey, look, if we can get 50% plus one to say uh, to support a particular candidate, then everything that candidate says is fine and dandy for the next four years. And you just got to suck it up, you know? And I think that to, to my mind, democracy is the opposite of what libertarianism is. I know that there's some, uh, I can see some value to it versus a despot, but you know, it uh, all, all in all, at some point or another, you're just going to get a tyranny of the majority. Well, I am all for a democracy. If you pick it, like if you want to live in this community and what they do is they have a vote and whoever gets 50% plus one, there will be done. Right, like if you join, and you uh, want to, yeah. you, you join a co-op or uh, uh, some of these um, uh, like HOAs or even like trailer parks for that matter. Right, if you decide you're going to pay the lot rent for the trailer you just bought uh, in one of these co-ops, and in their terms and conditions of joining this co-op, it says, "Hey, once a year we meet to discuss things and we vote on that." And you go, "Okay, that's fine." You have voluntarily elected to participate in a democratic system. Yeah. As opposed to what we have politically, which is, as Mark pointed out, 50% plus one, forcing their preference on everybody else. Right. Well, and one of the biggest issues with America is encroaching on other countries, right? Forcing America's will on other people, which is just a higher level of what they do to their domestic population, forcing their will on other people. Like right now, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is calling for uh, a separation, uh, a national divorce. Mm -hmm. Why? Because she sees that this group is forcing their will on this group. Now, she probably wants to force her will more effectively on her group, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't change the problem. And I'd like also to point out that the Nazis are another example of that democratic process eventually leading to leadership that stops the democratic process. So if you rotate leaders, sooner or later you're going to get a leadership that stops the rotation. We've already gotten leadership that, uh, you know, the the guy who left 300,000 guns for the Taliban is lecturing us on gun violence. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, to to answer Greg's question, I, I... I think that as long as you maintain the distribution of power, you will have greater peace. It won't ever be perfect, but it is as close to perfect as you can get. Now, are are they going to screw up in some other way? Maybe. But that way is always some form or another of centralizing power. There might be some imam that comes along and convinces them that they all need to listen to him. And then he makes a goon squad that takes away their guns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my guess is that uh, if the statists would have left the people alone, that the people would have found a way to cooperate. I'm, I'm very anti-intervention uh, when it comes to states, so I think the best strategy for states is to leave other people alone and let them figure it out. But I'm also very pro-trade. Exactly. I'm also very pro-trade, so like... 
you know, if people could have found ways to begin trading with these people to give them some sort of stability financially and economically and even socially, for that matter. When you start trading with people, you develop relationships. You can't help but have that turn into a social thing as well. It's kind of like when you go to work for any company, you make friends at your job, right? You know, so the same things occur. And in my mind, if people were allowed to trade freely with whoever the heck they wanted to, that these social networks would develop organically uh, and also the benefits of trading would sort of make themselves known organically as well if states could just get out of the way. The problem is... Everybody on planet Earth, it seems, has been so indoctrinated to believe that well, we as a society of, you know, five or 50 or 100,000 or 10,000 or a million or 50 million, 300 million people cannot exist without this organization of a monopoly on violence. And that's and I, the last thing I just. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Last, last thing I just wanted to say is like. Most of these wars, if you look at pretty much all of them in Yemen and Ukraine and Gaza, everywhere, it is you can trace it back directly to some country sponsoring uh, militants, okay, that then proceed to take over the government. I'm saying, for example, uh, in the Donbass region, Russia sponsored the separatists on one end, mm-hmm. and NATO seems to have armed uh, people like the Azov Battalion eventually got on the other end. If you look at the Syrian civil war, you'll find that most of the militants uh, got their weapons because the U.S. invaded Iraq and because Saudis were uh, helping that. If you look at Afghanistan, the two million dead in the 80s was because funded the Mujahideen. And similarly today in Gaza, uh, and certainly Yemen, the Houthis, right? And Iran is sponsoring those. And then Iran has been enthusiastically helping Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad. And so... If there's anything worse than a government um, in a state, uh, it is a foreign government trying to uh, undermine stability by arming and helping some organization against a state that's already stable. Like, yes, it could be, you know, yes, the state does have a monopoly on force. And yes, maybe the king is even a dictator or whatever. But you know what would be even worse? is once you have that stability for another state to just come in and be like, you know what, we're just going to take these disaffected people who really dislike this government, give them all guns, train them, and tell them, you go, guys, and create a civil war. Because that's like, the, in my opinion, the most destructive thing. And these other states are doing it enthusiastically, whether it's United States or Iran or Russia or whoever. So that, to me, is like the most dick move. Is that okay to say? The word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're too late. That no. do. You've said it, so, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's the no, move it's, of a Richard. Yes. <laughs> it's a very Richard move. Uh, so, yeah, I, uh, your point is taken, Greg, and awesome call as usual. Thank you so much, man. Have a great night. Uh, did you guys have anything to add? Yeah, the only the only thing that people appreciate less than being threatened into obedience is not being threatened and forced. And that really is the difference between, I mean, like, I, I get why you want to avoid the, the word anarchy, because most people, when they think anarchy, yeah. what comes to mind, what they visualize is violent people forcing their will directly onto other people. Some guy with a bandana over his face chucking a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. 
what they fail to realize is that the alternative here that they're not considering what what always is the status quo when they're so afraid of that is that that is just behind a veil the veil of threats that is always the threat that they will be violent if you don't do what they say and both of those suck and i'd like to point out we have you know a democratic democratically elected potus in the united states and it wasn't too long ago that we had I don't know. People chucking Molotov cocktails in the street. Um, it, you know, it's it's not like you don't get you, you vote for a president. You don't get Molotov cocktails. Right. Um, you know, the reality is, is that you know, both sides can complain about uh, and do about uh, violence uh, of the other side that occurred in the recent past. Yeah, I'd point out, though, look at where those Molotov cocktails existed. Was it where people were armed or disarmed? Oh, that's a good question. Because I got to tell you, the only state that I know of where you can just walk around with a gun on your hip and that's okay is this one. And well, I got to tell you, I, I there also, was no violence here. Well, there was no violence in uh, New Hampshire, that's for sure. Um, and But one thing that I would point out is, is that I, I think it was in Milwaukee. Maybe it was uh, Minnesota. I think it was Minnesota. The police station was burned down. I mean, oh, yeah, if Minnesota. they wanted to use, yeah, if they wanted to it use, it was a violence, mostly peaceful burning. They could have, like the cops, surely could have defended that, and they didn't feel like they had the backing of their government. Would be my guess. Now, I'm not saying that the cops should have got out there and shot everybody over a building, but I'm also not saying that it's acceptable to burn down any building. So, that's my feeling. Yeah, I I agree. Um, it, <laughs> I I like that you brought up the the Minnesota thing because um, I always bring that up as a juxtaposition to like J six, right? And like if if January six was an insurrection, <laughs> then uh, the 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 burning in in Minnesota, the riots, if you will, the burning of the police station in Minnesota, what was that? Yeah, the whole world going burn, getting burned down, apparently. It was a mostly peaceful protest. Didn't you listen to the news? <laughs> yeah, no. Fiery, but mostly peaceful. It said it on the scrawler. I think that I think everybody, everybody who's honest about the situation realizes that J6 is a big deal because the people in power felt threatened. That everything that happened with BLM wasn't a big deal because those people did not feel threatened. And that's the end of the story. Um, you know, this nation was founded by people who said things like, um, you know, when the people fear the government, you have tyranny. When uh, the government fears the people, you have liberty. And 250 years later, you've got, you know, some people taking an unauthorized tour of the White House where the guards open the door for them, um, you know, imprisoned. Yeah. Well, there is definitely a, a, an asymmetry of information on January 6th, though. And it is sad to see that in this age, where we have access to all of the information easily, you can, I mean, well, I guess not all of the in, uh, information. We still don't have all of the tapes. Those are still being held back from us. But you have access to a tremendous amount of information. And you could go look and find out whether the 
image being presented by the media is accurate, but people don't. They take it at face value when CNN says X, Y, and Z. Yeah, that's the unfortunate. I, I think that that's changing, though. The mainstream media is failing. Their viewership keeps going down and down. Uh, they're only relevant to uh, maybe like uh, boomers and up as far as age is concerned. Uh, there's probably some Gen X in there that's still you know sort of glued to some of the mainstream media because you know they don't know any better. But I think starting with they Gen- lost a lot of the Gen X with Tucker. Totally, you know. And I think starting with Gen X and moving down into you know just the newborns right this year or whatever, like there's a lot less uh, people watching the mainstream media or at least being mesmerized by it, right? Because it used to be those were the only channels. Those were your only, you know, sort of resources to get, you know, your news and, and all that kind of stuff from uh, was mainstream media, whether it was radio or television or the newspaper, right? It, it didn't really matter. Those were your only sources. Now we got the Internet and we got millions of independent sources, people like people that I think are journalists who aren't getting paid, whereas there's people who are called journalists who are getting paid just to tote the government line. I like journalists for, uh, like, slow disasters. You know, if there's a hurricane coming, yeah, you know, I'll turn on the weather channel and I'll watch journalists. If there's a, you know, presidential primary occurring, then, you know, I'll tune it in and listen to what they have to say over the course of two hours while I do things uh, around the house. And that was... You know, the most recent time. Oh, in football. I, I don't know if that counts as a slow disaster, but <laughs> depends on who certainly, you're rooting for. <laughs> certainly the last primary does. <laughs> uh, so speaking of journalists, which is this article that we've been talking about, uh, C.J. Hopkins, uh, he was acquitted uh, by a mask wearing judge. Uh, there's uh, a somebody calling themselves a People journalist. are still wearing masks. Well, the judge was they are in Germany. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and remember, the mask has never been about its efficacy. The mask has always been about making you feel better. Yeah, obedience. Signaling. Yes. A, making you feel better, and B, telling everyone what tribe you're in. Yeah. So uh, this uh, other reporter, Ava Velasquez, uh, in her reason said, the judge stated that the acquittal counteracts your statement that you live in a totalitarian state. She sensed a certain arrogance uh, in his statement along the lines of, only he would have understood it. Everyone else is stupid sheep. The others may have been convinced by scientists. After all, it was a completely new situation. The subjective feeling that you see the new Nazi Germany emerging, you may already have something totalitarian about you. She herself was the granddaughter of Nazi victims, so he didn't need to put on airs here. In her opinion, Hopkins' statements were, she said verbatim, ideological drivel, but that it was not punishable by law. So that's an interesting take from a fellow journalist. That's a surprisingly enlightened take. Because, yeah, okay, if something is ideological drivel. Great. Let them say it. Yeah. And if you feel that someone is taking that ideological drivel a little too seriously, spend some time tearing it apart. Either in an intellectual way, or better yet, in a funny way. I have to say that I saw my fair share of authoritarianism during uh, COVID. Now, I was—I didn't step foot in Germany during that time, 
but uh, you know, I mean, authoritarianism is authoritarianism, and the swastikas come to mean authoritarianism. Yeah. I think that it was a. I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna call it a fair ball. 603-283-6160. We'll talk more about CJ. We'll take more of your calls. And we've got a lot more coming up for you. Hour two of Free Talk Live is next. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy. There's no reason why you shouldn't live to be at least 100 and have a great time getting there. And I'm going to give you a free copy of my lecture that tells you exactly how to do it. In fact, after you've lived a long and healthy life, there should be only two documents in your medical chart, a birth certificate and a death certificate. I'm Dr. Wallach with a warning. If you have a four-inch medical chart, if you take prescription drugs for high cholesterol, high blood pressure, arthritis, joint pains, and other health issues, the medical profession is failing you. They're using you for an ATM machine. My free lecture is going to reveal what pharmaceutical companies don't want you to know. There's been groundbreaking research and discoveries on how to effectively treat or eliminate over 900 different diseases naturally. And it's all in my free lecture called Deadly Recipe. So call toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. Again, that's toll-free 1-855-79-YOUNG. 1-855-79-YOUNG. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veterans nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. 